Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Want to know who's who in the Jeffrey Epstein Zoo? Journalists Lisa and Jen bring you the ultimate deep dive. Prince Andrew's crimes are just the start. We'll lay it all out. Hello and welcome to the Prince and the Pervert podcast. I'm Lisa Tate. I'm Jen Tarrant. And today we have an exciting person waiting for us down the line in Vegas. How are you going, Bobby Cabucci? Oh, ladies, what is going on? Thank you so much for having me. It's our absolute pleasure. Bobby has an extremely successful podcast called The Jeffrey Epstein Show. I love the simplicity of that title. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My producer was the one who came up with it. He was the one who was uh, the first, you know, I don't know, seven, eight episodes we were working together on the show. But after the whole entire ordeal started to break in the way it broke, he didn't really have the time to put it in the way I do. So, you know, I just, I've decided that uh, simplicity is the best model when we're covering this case because it's very convoluted anyway, and it's very confusing. So I think simplicity is the best way to go when it comes to stuff like titles. Yeah, it was a stroke of genius, actually, when you think about it. Well, that's his, uh, his background is in marketing. His name is Lee Honish and yep. he is uh, a, a marketing genius, basically all, all kidding aside. I know that I'm a bit biased considering he's uh, my partner, but the man really knows how to sell things. And the funniest part is we didn't market our podcast at all. It was all organic. Like I never, I don't even bother checking like comments on like iTunes or anything like that because I really don't care. What I care about is the message getting out. I don't care about any of the other nonsense around it. No, exactly. And today, Bobby, I'd like to talk to you about the women who were around Jeffrey Epstein. Jen has got an update on Jelaine, but we're not going to spend much time on her because we've spoken about her at length. But there are some women I do want to talk about. I'll just quickly give you their names. Emmy Taylor, Sarah Kellen, and Leslie Groff. So Jen, Uh, do you want to tell us the latest news on Jelaine? Basically, Ghislaine is still carrying on trying to keep the court records sealed up. Yeah, she's, uh, she's really enjoying that, that, that whole entire dragging her feet in the courtroom over there, isn't she? It's just disgusting. Well, it's not the first time she's done it. Remember, she couldn't go to the deposition in, I don't know, about 10 years ago because she said her mum was sick and her mum wasn't sick. And now, of course, she's got COVID to hide under. She doesn't want to face up to what she's done. I think she believes that she is beyond the reach of the law. Well, you know, when, when you've been able to avoid the law for so long and you've been able to play the criminal justice system like a fiddle the way this lady has, why, wouldn't you, why would you think anything else? 
you know, she has been able to duck and dodge the law in a more competent way than people like El Chapo. How is that even possible? Absolutely. I know. And you also, didn't they have El Chapo in the Metropolitan Jail where Epstein died? Yeah, he was a couple of jail cells down from Jeffrey Epstein in the MCC for a little bit of time there before he got transferred out. But yeah, he was uh, one of Jeffrey uh, Epstein's uh, cell block mates. So what she's saying, her attorneys are saying, they're arguing that public interest in the documents is outweighed by privacy considerations and the potential impact a release of documents could have on an ongoing investigation. It's ludicrous, isn't it? It's pathetic. It's awful. She honestly believes she's untouchable. I'm actually sick of it because when we were talking about the recently in Florida with the judge refusing to release the grand jury documents, that was another little way of getting a little slither here, you know, a little bit of the law will manipulate it here. That is the story of this entire case. It's going on with Andrew at the moment. They just play semantics constantly. Yeah, you know, the the crazy part is, and I really, I beat this horse until it's dead on my podcast all the time. There is a set of laws for them, and there is a set of laws for you and I. And we see it on a daily basis. We see the way that they treat the populace. We see the way they treat citizens. We see their endless wars, their endless spending, their constant pilfering of our wealth. And we turn the other cheek. How many times are we going to turn the other cheek and tell them, it's okay, just go ahead and do it, no big deal. Well, I'll tell you what. I I stand up and I stop the second it becomes a a trafficking ring and children are involved and women are being molested and abused. That's when I stop and say, all right, well, turning the other cheek, that hasn't worked. So now it's time to either A, hold people accountable or B, hold the people accountable who are in office. Those are our only two options at this point. Yes, most definitely. But I wanted to move on from Jelaine. And just talk to you about Leslie Groff, firstly. Now, she's been in the news this week. She was Epstein's personal assistant. Is that right? Did you say nearly 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. She was one of his his most trusted confidants. Uh, Obviously, like the rest of the core four, she was making six figures to do absolutely nothing. Most people who are in assistant roles on Wall Street in that capacity that they were acting in are making $70,000, $80,000 a year. And these girls are making $120,000, $130,000 more than that. So we see that Jeffrey Epstein with the girls that he had around him and especially someone like Leslie Groff, who he called his brain, basically, we see that it wasn't just a business relationship where you know he, he put an ad out on Craigslist and hired them. It was a lot more than that. His relationship with the core four, these ladies especially, it ran very deep. And it's very similar to what Keith Raniere was doing with Nextium, in my opinion. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I think it was you, Jen, who said earlier in the week, Leslie also got a Mercedes. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, she had a tab at the hairdressers. When she was pregnant, he organised child and nanny for her. Now, that's the thing. I wonder if the nanny was one of the poor girls that had been, by that point, brought in from Eastern Europe. Could be. Very possible. We know that these people have no boundaries when it comes to the draconian measures that they they undertake. They really don't care about human life. And from all of the reports we've heard, the eyewitness reports, the stuff that Maria has reported, et cetera, et cetera, we know that they were engaging in more than what we actually have seen so far, what has been reported, right? But again, like I always say, it's not what we know, it's what we can prove. So we have to be careful. 
on what we talk about and which mm -hmm. roads we traverse. Because in a case like this, we don't want to give them any sort of room to wiggle off this line, right? So it's very important we stay on target. Okay, well, I've got some paperwork here from a civil action with one of the survivors and Leslie Groff. And I find it quite enlightening, but they are allegations. Now, on August 21, 2007, two special agents went to her home to serve her with a federal grand jury subpoena in connection to an Epstein investigation in Florida. Now, Miss Groff, as we were saying, works as the personal assistant to the defendant. She was talking to the agents and then she excused herself to go upstairs to check on her sleeping child. While upstairs, she actually phoned Epstein. I just, yeah, look, that blew me away. It's crazy what they're able to get away with. It's crazy how they're able to manipulate and finesse the judicial system. And it's even crazier for me to think that these ladies, the core four especially, after all these years with Jeffrey Epstein already dead, that they have not come forward. To me, that just smells of complicity and it smells of, of people who have something to hide. Innocent people who were abused by Jeffrey Epstein would feel more brazen to come forward at this point, you would think, right? And people like Leslie Groff, Adriana Ross, and Sarah Kellen Vickers, and all of these girls that were in his close orbit, I don't want to hear about them being victims. I don't want to hear about him abusing them. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they were willingly taking part in this whole entire organization, in my opinion. And they were being compensated at huge rates for it. Yes. Yeah, hush money. Definite yeah. hush money, you know. I'll pay you triple of what you're supposed to make, but there's other duties that you're going to have, like, you know, looking after the girl's living needs or the rules of behavior for them or whatever other sorted list Jeffrey Epstein would provide with one of these assistants to make sure the girls, quote unquote, stay in line. The police must have had a tracer on her phone line because they heard Epstein telling Miss Groff not to speak with the agents and he said you shouldn't have allowed them into your home. He kept applying pressure on her from complying with the subpoena that the agents had served upon her and in particular Mr Epstein warned Miss Groff against turning over documents and electronic evidence. Mm. And remember Indyke came out of the house after a few hours with a, a bag with something in it. Nobody knows what was in that bag. So it could have been computer, a hard drive. It could have been thumb drives, pictures. Who knows? And that was in New York. But why would the FBI allow that? Anyone to take anything out of these houses? It's just absurd. It's just so reminds me of OJ Simpson and Robert Kardashian and that Louis Vuitton garment bag. It's always funny, isn't it? Whenever it's a case with a high profile person, there's always these little technicalities that happen to pop up so that they can use those technicalities somehow to get themselves off. You notice yeah. none of us would ever get anything like that to bust in our favor, right? And it's all because if you have the dough, you can get these high profile lawyers that know how to manipulate the legal system in the United States, especially, but not just that, you're not just buying that. You're getting access to the good old boys club, right? You hired Dershowitz. He has access to all of these people. How many of these Harvard lawyers have taken classes from Alan Dershowitz and then go on to become prosecutors? There has to be some sort of conflict of interest there. So the documentation says this conversation occurred while Epstein was on his jet and he was just outside Miami and he was planning to go to New Jersey but once he heard from Groff, he turned around and headed for the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
Little St. James. Now, during this conversation, Epstein became concerned that the FBI would try to serve his travelling companion, Nadia Marsinkova, with a similar jury subpoena. Now, she's the young lady, young woman, who he said was her, his sex slave. Yeah, supposedly she came into his uh, his sphere very, very young, 14, 15, I believe, something around there. And she was groomed from a very young age, not only to be part of this criminal organization, but also to please Jeffrey Epstein. And yes. when it comes to the core four, she's the only one that I really have any sort of sympathy for, to be honest with you. Exactly. Same here. So the allegations that were made in this civil case is that they were scheduling phone calls that Kellen and Groff often made. And they said, can you bring other girls? So they would deal with the timings, the logistics, really. That's what I've always said. He's run this place like it's a McDonald's. You know, he's got logistics there, HR here, you know, the money there in accounting. It's just outrageous. So though sometimes Epstein directly paid Doe after abusing her, she was often paid by Kellen or Groff. Now that's a bit different to being a personal assistant. Yeah, they're complicit. They were handing over the money for services rendered. But they're covered by the non-prosecution agreement. Which sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Leslie, I think, had a key role. She would know a lot in terms of having worked for him for that many years. But in the latest court filing, Groff said that she did not work at the Upper East Side residence when this Jane Doe was there. Look, the thing with Leslie Groff, to me especially, you just pointed it out. When she made that phone call to Jeffrey Epstein and tipped him off, that automatically puts her as part of this criminal enterprise. And it, it's a RICO predicate right away because it's tampering with a witness. We have two RICO predicates right away. And believe me, like I say, I am not Jacques Cousteau over here, okay? But two plus two always equals four. Exactly. I was absolutely shocked when I heard about the phone call. It blew me away. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying, it's a new motion. Oh, the other thing too, Bobby, I knew something was going on with Leslie because we're getting all these hits on an article that I wrote in January. And I had people reaching out to me on Twitter going, do you know anything about Leslie? Where can I find this? Where can I find that? I just said to Jen, this is so weird that people are coming to this. And I said, there's got to be something going on. And then yesterday I saw about the court filing. Because you even put up a screenshot on Twitter about the number of hits when mm. they were searching for Leslie. It was huge. It was. So that was a bit bizarre. But she denies any criminal or civil misconduct. She said she didn't conspire with anyone to sexually abuse the Jane Doe or any other victim. She's an innocent party and has been subjected to widespread defamatory and salacious allegations against her in the media. There's not a lot about her in the media. I've looked. She's kept quiet. She's mm. kept her head under. Look, the Daily Mail did get those Pilates photos of her. The Toronto Suns had something. We spoke about her when we first started the podcast. So I just yeah. remember who the sources were. There is not a lot. So I don't know, compared to Kellen, or Masnikova? There's not much out there. No, in terms of defamation. Yeah, I think that this is kind of a, uh, 
a preemptive attack on her part and her her legal team, whoever they may be, because they know what's coming down the pipe. They might have even been contacted by the FBI. See, the thing is, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes right now. The FBI, was not, they're never going to talk about who they're contacting, who the witnesses are, who's being brought in. And of course, the people being brought in, they're not going to say anything about it because they don't want to get crushed in the media. The last thing they want is to, you know, uh, taint a, a possible jury pool right off the bat. There is something going on in the, if they want to speak to four UK citizens. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's definitely something going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of new little, just little things that are happening that when you see these articles coming out and you see the leak about the MLA, you know that something much bigger is in the brew pot. Yes, most definitely. Just quickly, I wanted to touch on Sarah Kellen Vickers. I feel like I'm the world authority on those two, her and her cousin, sorry, cousin, (laughs) husband, Brian. I have totally gone down the rabbit hole on these two. I think it's partly because they have a very glamorous life. And they don't hide it. No, but Leslie Groff's... Very brazen, very brazen. Leslie Groff's husband, he doesn't hide their life either. He likes to run marathons. His kids play football. Did you know there's a video of her dancing with her sister on YouTube? Oh, that sister's song. Mm. It's appalling. It's bad. We should do a parody one day. (laughs) Do you think maybe people are in denial and it's been that long that they thought they got away with it? Yeah, I think they're brazen because of that immunity deal. They truly believe that that's going to give them the, the shield to really ride this storm out. But what I'm telling you right now is if the prosecutors mean business in the SDNY, if they truly mean business, that immunity deal is not going to protect them. We're talking about an office. This, the SDNY is the office that was responsible for destroying the mafia. People mm. need to understand that that office, SDNY, pretty much created RICO. And it's appalling to me to see Berman and Cy Vance and the rest of them not wield it as the tool it was meant to be wielded as. Yes, most definitely. Now, what I found that was quite interesting about Sarah Kellen in some previous documents is that she couldn't find one single person to support her version of events. And her version is that she's a victim of Epstein. And she couldn't find anyone to say that she wasn't a procurer of underage girls or young women. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to try and position themselves as victims of Jeffrey Epstein. That way, they're going to try and, you know, garner some public support and sympathy. Oh, well, they were abused by Epstein, too, so maybe they shouldn't be punished. But when you get down to the nitty gritty and you start really getting in the weeds like we have, you understand that that's bupkis. That, That dog does not hunt and that excuse is not going to work. Nobody's going to buy that. Now, just before he died, Epstein sent her some money. Yeah, they were, they were in contact for a very long time. And I mean, I believe her office, SLK, was located in uh, Epstein's brother's building all the way up to like 2015 or 2016, maybe even a little later than that, something around there. Ties are too deep for them to just say, oh, well, we weren't really that close or we really weren't. I didn't know what Jeffrey Epstein was up to. It's obviously a lie. I thought I just should say for people who haven't tuned in before, Sarah Kellen Vickers was one of uh, the main recruiters for Epstein and she married a NASCAR driver by the name of Brian Vickers. She was a real solid presence at that Florida home. She actually reported into Jelaine. According to all reports that we have from survivors and people close to the situation, it looked like the, the order was 
either Ghislaine Maxwell or Jeffrey Epstein, depending on who you talk to, you could flip them around in a leadership role. And then directly under them, the core four were basically the captains, but with Kellen taking a leadership role amongst those captains. So she was one of the most trusted confidants when it came to the procuring end of this. She was there quite often with her laptop, organising schedules and travel. She would have seen hundreds and hundreds of girls walk up those pink carpeted stairs to be abused by Jeffrey Epstein. Exactly. And to, to think that she spent all this intimate time with Epstein and Maxwell and all these other sick bastards, and to think that she has no idea what was going on, to think that she never saw anything, it's just... It is just such a stretch of the imagination if they think that people are actually going to buy that narrative. And why in 2012 was she photographed with him on the streets of New York? Another thing which I've been trying to chase up was she sponsored an employee under her SLK Designs firm, a woman, into the country. She sponsored them. I wonder why and I wonder who it was and who it was for. That, those are the right questions. Look, see, these are the questions that the legacy media should be asking, but it's left to people like us to fill in that gap because they don't want to do their job. And someone like Kellen Vickers has been able to get away with her nonsense for so long because the legacy media is just complicit. I don't know how else to put it. They're complicit in this cover-up. Brian Vickers, on his website, he says that both him and his wife have been accused of things that they didn't do, and that's why they're big supporters of the Innocence Project. She's also pled the fifth, so she's had a chance to defend herself, Bobby, but she hasn't. Exactly. And you know, like how I always say, what I always talk about, if somebody is accusing you of such such a heinous crime, aren't you going to come out swinging to defend yourself if you're innocent? I know that I wouldn't be doing no PR sweep. I'd be on every single talk show that would have me defending my good name and going crazy about it, waiting for discovery phase, hoping for discovery phase. Yeah, right. If you're innocent, bring it on. But these people, all of them, they all hide in the shadows and they use the fifth. Oh, my lawyer told me not to answer that. Blah, blah, effing blah. Now, the Mirror in the UK got an exclusive about FBI agents wanting to interview the Duke of York, Jelaine, and two other British women. So there's an English aristocrat that they want to speak to about the Epstein case. This person has been discussed a lot on Twitter. Virginia Dufresne Roberts said that she was abused by this aristocrat. Now, she's married to one of the richest men in England. I can't name her primarily because of the UK defamation laws, but Virginia Dufresne said yesterday that she was abused by this woman. It's crazy, you know, as we go, as we get deeper into this and the more names that come out, it's, I'll tell you what, this rabbit hole is so much deeper than we've even explored yet. Oh, definitely. Well, there's another woman from the UK who was an assistant to Jelaine Maxwell. Now, she studied at Oxford as well. Oh. So someone was saying yesterday they think there's a link with Oxford. There would be because that's where Jelaine went to university. All of these kinds of universities, they're all intertwined with the way that their professors move and, and do their, their lectures, et cetera, et cetera. So I would not be shocked to find out that all of these high-end universities, even in places like France even, have some sort of Epstein connection. 
Most definitely. What Virginia said was there's some of the older women in Epstein's orbit who served a purpose for him. Now, Maria Farmer had some strong words for this woman yesterday because she believes that she was minded when she was sort of trafficked to Wexner's estate in Ohio by this particular woman. She believes that she's a co-conspirator and she has not been held accountable at all. This aristocrat. Yes. She also said this aristocrat was living in Ohio and Epstein told Maria that she was one of his girlfriends. So he did have some older girlfriends, which is fascinating. I also heard that one of her home bases that she operated out of was Zorro Ranch. That is what I'm hearing from several people, uh, sources that I can trust, that I, that, I, that I have trusted throughout this. I haven't really vetted that yet. I haven't been able to confirm it, but I am hearing that from sources. She was on the flight logs, the ones that were actually written up correctly. She was on the flight logs to Zorro quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, I heard that. I, you know, I've heard, like I said, you know how I am. I'm very, uh, I keep things close until I can vet it completely, but I'm pretty confident in saying that she was operating out of Zorro Ranch, at least for a time. I heard that she was also sleeping in the staff bunk area. Yeah, that's definitely something I've heard as well. And if you remember the pictures that I posted of Zorro Ranch, that building complex where the yellow building is, the red building, um, that was where the staff quarters were and where the helpers quarters were. Okay. That was like the little mini village or town. Yeah, that little town out there, exactly. And remember, Virginia was talking about the, the mock firehouse there, et cetera, et cetera. Maria said the woman constantly kept an eye on her and she monitored her the few times she was allowed to leave and she absolutely creeped Maria out. And also Epstein said he thought she was a bit creepy. <laughs> Hang on, Epstein I mean, imagine someone was creepy. Yes, according to Maria Farmer, he thought this aristocrat was creepy AF. What level of creep status do you have to be at for a guy like Epstein to find you creepy? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a stunned silence there, isn't it? As we would say in Italian neighborhoods, maron. Maron, what does that mean? Crazy. Maron, mia. It could be many things. It'd be, oh, maron, this sauce is good. Johnny, maron, you're a moron. There's many meanings for maron. <laughs> in Indonesian, they say gila gila, which means crazy, crazy. <laughs> I found that that was very, very disturbing and there's probably a lot more things that we don't actually know about. I mean, there's no reason for Maria to just invent this story 20 years later. She was definitely there with her. So this woman and her sister have been on the plane. Did you know that, Epstein's plane? This particular aristocrat, she was on the plane 32 times, I think, Bobby. Yeah, she's been on the plane more than Bill Clinton even. (laughs) wonder if they know each other. Oh, you can guarantee it, 100%. The most disturbing thing, and Jen can talk about this as well because she's been involved in it, this woman's now the president of the NSPCC, East of England. So if anyone wants to know her name, it's all over Twitter. And if you look at NSPCC and find out who the president is, you'll see her there. Now, Jen... What's been going on? There's a letter going around at the moment. Well, there's an email address you can email to ask why, if this particular branch president has been named as a possible alleged person of interest by the FBI, why is she still 
holding such position in a charity that's supposed to protect children. So there seems to be a lot of people are a bit shocked by the fact she's in this role. So they're all emailing to go, hey, if only for the meantime during the investigation she steps down. Okay, because I've contacted them three times. You know how I get a bit obsessive. Not being rude, just giving them updates and I haven't even gotten a reply. But I would love if the people listening here today where there is, and I'll put it on our website, there is a letter you can cut and paste and send to them. We'll put the email there, but we'd really appreciate it if you could ask, and the woman's name is there, if you could ask that she steps down. That's the thing, even temporarily, because their business is protecting children from harm. Most definitely. She should at the very least be suspended without pay during an investigation. They should really investigate this vigorously, especially if you're named in an FBI investigation and it has to do with children being abused. You probably shouldn't be around children until we get it figured out. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Well, she lives in Norfolk now. Do you want to know how I know? Because she was in Epstein's little black book that was discovered. Uh, She's on the flight logs. She's in the little black book. Maria has testimony about her. And Maria would have spoken to the FBI and used her name back in the 90s. Of course. Oh, and she definitely did. She definitely did. Maria reported this whole entire thing to the the FBI. Everything, Everything that we're talking about now in retrospect is stuff that Maria was telling the FBI when this first happened. And instead of doing their job, They were too busy running whatever sort of operation they were running. The means justifies the end and screw the citizenry. That's all they care about. At the end of the day, it's all about consolidating power. And that's all any of these three-letter agencies care about. And I've got one more lady I'd like to speak about. Her name is Emmy Taylor. She's from the UK. You might have heard about her. She was Jelaine's assistant, but Jelaine being the freak that she is, used to say, that's my slave. How awful is that? I say that about my kids in jest when they won't wash up, but that's not what you do in a business-style relationship. Maybe she was a slave and was being abused by Jelaine. You don't know. She's absolutely, her brother-in-law spoke to the media, said she's absolutely devastated and distraught over this. She now works as a voiceover actress. Ah. So maybe she'd like to do (laughs) a promo at the beginning. True. See, there may be people like this particular woman who had no idea of that part of it at all, but the chances, it's oh, hard. Yeah, and I wanted to ask, do we think anyone's rolled to the FBI yet? You know, I think that there is definitely, at the very least, preliminary talks occurring because what we're seeing now, like I was talking about earlier with the MLA, that doesn't just happen out of thin air. They've been building a case and they're not going to go big game hunting right off the bat. They're going to have some concrete stuff to trip him up with when they get him in front of them. They're going to try and make him lie. That's basically what they're going to do. They're going to look for a process crime to be a predicate. And then once they have a process crime, then they can even dig deeper. But Prince Andrew... The Joe Exotic of the Windsor family, my man better just stay home, stay under his bed and not speak to these investigators. His best bet would be a written statement. He doesn't want to do a live statement because he will get tripped up and he will get caught. Because I think they're holding on to that info until they get him under oath. 100%. They're playing games right now. They don't want to let anyone know in a leadership role what they have. If they're rolling somebody right now, they're doing it privately, secretly, and they're milking them for everything they have. And remember, when they get information from these people, they have to vet it. So the FBI has to track down all of these leads, follow all these leads, and then compile their case. Now, they've had decades to do this. 
But according to Berman, this is a new portion of the case. So let's let's see where it ends up. But from what I'm seeing right now, it certainly looks like there's some uh, some speaking going on behind the scenes. And it looks like somebody is definitely, if, if they haven't rolled over yet, somebody's definitely on the verge, it looks like. See, I've joked that maybe it's just like that she wants out, she's sick of hiding, realize that if she rolls, maybe they won't go after her. For her to get off of the charges that are going to come her way, she would really have to give up some gigantic, gigantic trophies. Because right now, when all said and done, she's the only one left here with a real leadership role left in this organization. She's going to take the full hit for this. So if you're her, and we know she's smarmy, we know she's all about self-preservation. So we know that she's going to look to pin this on somebody if she can. But the question is, who is big enough? for her to pin it on and what kind of proof does she have she probably has proof on a lot of people also she's english she's british to her royalty is the top growing up it was the royals were the top of the heap maybe she believes stupidly that throwing a royal into it will get her off what they would need is wexner definitely les wexner he is the former owner of victoria's secrets and l brand and he was very, very close to Epstein. He gave him the $70 million house. So what do you think, Bobby? Wexner? Uh, I think that Wexner is a, definitely a, one of the people that would be a quality target. The only problem I see with Wexner is he's still so juiced in the United States. They'd have to come with a ton of evidence for it to be Wexner. I could see her really. I, I, I honestly believe that she's still in possession of a lot of these dossiers. And I believe that if she gets hemmed up and if she gets arrested, that she has a, a kill switch of sorts where these yeah. dossiers will get released. And she's still using these this information to manipulate the situation however much she can. But I think she's running out of runway here. I mm. think she's running out of room to wiggle. And at this point, she is where the focus is. So when you're, when you're in that leadership role, unfortunately for you, you are not a person who catches a deal, especially in a RICO case. Most definitely. So what are the chances of them pulling a RICO on this? Well, I, I see the signs of it right now. And like I said, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a judge and he was saying the same thing. Obviously, he doesn't know the case inside and out. He's never seen the docket or any have any inside information. He's just saying from an outside look of the situation that there is definitely something brewing behind the scenes. Yeah, there has to be. It's pretty obvious the fact that they're hitting Andrew up again. And also, we're hearing about the other Brits. They wouldn't be talking about this stuff. You see, what they do is they strategically leak things, the FBI, when, when it, they find it to be in their favor. So you'll see them leak things that they think will be damaging to targets of theirs. And then they'll say, oh, well, we don't know where the leak came from. But they use it strategically, and they don't use it often. But you will see it from time to time. And I think the FBI might be trying to move the narrative a little bit here by giving out a little bit at a time. Okay, so what do you think is going to come next then, Bobby? Well, I think that what we'll see next is they'll continue to exert pressure on Joe Exotic of the Windsor family publicly for sure, try and shame him to get an interview. I don't think that strategy is going to work at the end of the day. I think his legal team is too competent to let him walk into a trap like that. But what I do think is there's going to be some wrangling behind the scenes to get a deposition from him in writing. I think that's what his legal team is going to angle for. I don't think the prosecution is going to be okay with it. So what I think they're going to settle on for him is some sort of video deposition where he'll sit down and it'll be like a live stream, like a Zoom conference type of deal. And they'll be able to ask him questions like that. But I highly doubt we're ever going to see the Joe Exotic of, of the Windsor family in an FBI office. I don't think we'll see that anytime soon. 
But as far as what's happening in America, I truly believe that in the next few months, we'll see at the very least some arrests in this case. I truly believe that's where we're trending right now. I don't know if it's going to be the all-encompassing gigantic indictments that we want, right? Where everybody's getting slapped at the same time. There's a bunch of raids. I don't know if it's going to be that, but I do believe we're seeing movement here and all signs lead to arrests coming. This must be so heartening for the survivors to watch going on at the moment. Yeah, you know, for so long, they were by themselves. You know, they were standing alone against this great wave and this horde of just abuse from people, nobody believing them, nobody listening to them. People just, you know, completely crapping on their names, talking about them like they're they're prostitutes. These are young girls, 16, 15, 17. And I don't even care if you're 20. If you're involved in a trafficking ring, you cannot consent, okay? They're exerting power over you one way or another and forcing you into those decisions. So it really bothers me when I hear people, you know, oh, these, these girls were just in it for the money, blah, 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 blah. And there's people like that still. And it's absolutely ridiculous. But I think that the times have changed. And I think most people, I'd say about 90% of the people believe what these girls are saying and want justice in this case. And that's just exploded, as you well know, after Filthy Rich. There are so many people who are interested in the case now. And that's only going to further justice, in my opinion. Well, hopefully some of the core four at least get pulled up soon. Yeah, it, it has to happen. You know, I think with the, the pressure that's being exerted right now, and I think with the spotlight being on the prosecution and the SDNY and everything's hyper-focused now, I think Berman's going to be forced to act. And if Berman doesn't, I believe that his superiors will. I believe somebody like Cy Vance might step in and really make a move. Honestly, as much crap as I give Berman, I truly believe that they are making some inroads right now. Everything is lining up that way. So I'm going to remain skeptical of them, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and see where this goes. I'm just hopeful that it can continue to move forward. The girls deserve more and not just a compensation claim payout. They deserve more. They deserve their day in court facing down these, these people that were involved in abusing them. At the end of the day, that's all any of us are asking for here, right? Nobody's asking for people to be picked up and executed without a trial. I want a full trial. Let's have a full trial. Let's air it all out. Let's pull the curtain back and let's see who the liar really is. What are they so scared of? Especially seeing as they can't face Epstein in court because he's gone. That was just right. and appalling. All that's left to them now is Ghislaine Maxwell. And that's why I don't think she'll ever, ever get a deal in this case. I don't care who she gives up. I honestly believe that she's the number one target in this case. And I believe that she's going to be the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. They're really going to throw everything they have at her once the case is, is fully built up. And maybe, maybe they'll might even, they might even make a deal with the British Home Office where they don't go after Andrew criminally and they go after Maxwell instead. Who knows really what kind of wrangling will go on? But I don't think Ghislaine Maxwell has an out here. I don't think she has an exit plan. And I'll tell you right now, I would not be shocked to see her get swooped up at some point after other people are ratting and they have a real solid case and see her really get the whole brunt of this thrown at her. Because at the end of the day, who else is left for these girls to face? Thank you so much, Bobby, for chatting with us. It was our absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you, ladies. It's, it's always a pleasure for me to join you. I love everybody in Australia, probably my second favorite country at this point. And it's always an honor to join you and to expose these scoundrels. That's the word, scoundrels. Scoundrels. Word of the day, <laughs> scoundrels. 
Anyway, anyway, thank you so much for your time, Bobby. And hopefully we can join up again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I always say, besides you two ladies, there's very few people I'm willing to collaborate with when it comes to this case. I've put in a lot of time on this case. We're on, I don't know, day 256 straight that I've recorded an episode. And I'm not going to have my work tarnished by people that aren't really about it. You know what I mean? People that are faking the funk or just getting in the way. And that's why the only people I've collaborated with thus far are you two ladies, because I don't really trust anybody else with this case. Nobody else has really come correct in my opinion, you know, so there's no reason for me to collaborate with other people. And I think a lot of people have asked me that question, why I haven't collaborated with others. And I just think I put in so much time to this case and Mm. I don't want my work tarnished by other people. So that's why the only show that I really have any interest of coming on or people I have interest in collaborating with are my two friends from down under. Well, thank you. Wow. Okay. Well, have a good night, Bobby. I understand it's pretty late there now. So we're just starting our day. Mm. Yeah, we've already had a full day here in the States. It's uh, 7.20 p.m. in the beautiful city of Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, it's about that time. Awesome. Okay, well, good night, my dear, and we'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all.